on the show today. Matric exams start today. Minister Angie Motseja is in Kempton Park. The department has tightened security to avoid leaks. The inquiry into the Albert Street fire has been postponed because the building it's held in doesn't meet safety standards. That's right. Bogus doctor Matthew arrested at Helen Joseph Hospital. Severe weather warnings for parts of South Africa. And the box are heading home to a hero's welcome and a trophy tour. All of that over the next hour. 702. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon, world champions. Hope you've all had a great weekend. Good to be with you today. Sure, there's still such a buzz, such a vibe going on across the country today as we celebrate uh, the Boca and that victory on, on Saturday night. Uh, and we're getting ready for a trophy tour. We're getting ready for a big arrival at the airport tomorrow. Uh, we'll have details of all of that for you. Hopefully, we'll be broadcasting from there tomorrow and there'll be a trophy tour across the country. Well, not everywhere in the country, but uh, in, in the main centres, I suppose, uh, most populated areas is, is how they phrasing it. Um, but let me know how you're feeling today. Uh, how is the hangover? How is the emotional hangover? Or are you not thinking about that? Send me a WhatsApp voice note 072 702 How is that lead story in eyewitness news? So the inquiry into the Albert Street fire that killed 77 people in Marshalltown has to now be postponed because the building that it's being held in does not meet safety requirements. The jokes write themselves. Really, they do. We'll speak to our reporter there a bit later on. But we start with the fact that matric exams have begun today. The basic education department saying that it has enhanced security measures to ensure that there are no question paper leaks. The basic education minister, Angie Motsecha, along with the Gauteng Education MEC, Matome Chilowane, have been in um, Kempton Park today at the Rhodesfield Engineering School of Specialization, getting the the matric certificate started. Have a listen to what the Minister Angie Motsecha has been saying about matric exams. The number paints a very promising picture of our education landscape as we prepare for the exam starting tomorrow, though other papers like your ICTs have already been written. We must also indicate that Uma Lucy has approved all the question papers to be administered for this October-November exams and have given us a nod to continue or to proceed with the exams. We have again enhanced our security measures to prevent possible paper leaks in all our nine provinces. We've been working with state security agency which has audited all these processes and the provincial education department have to under, have to follow the operating standard procedures uh, on storage points and and follow all the security protocols. That's Minister Angie Motsecha speaking last night. Let's speak now to Nokokanya Mtambo, EWN reporter who is monitoring the story for us. Nokokanya, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, how has the first day of matric exams gone so far? Good afternoon, Mandy. So seemingly without a hitch, uh, the minister visiting that Rhodes School of Specialization earlier this morning just for an oversight and to get a sense of whether the logistics are all uh, in place. And she got the sense and she was satisfied uh, that everything that uh, all the preparations that had been made uh, were in, 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 in fact effected today. Uh, no incidents as far as we know, but they will obviously be keeping a close watch across the country in terms of uh, how the, the exam papers are rolled out, but a seamless process this morning as far as we know.
And from uh, seeing the the youngsters out there today, the matriculants busy writing their exams, uh, how, how are they feeling? So it really is a, a mixed bag of emotions for some of the learners that we spoke to, a mix of anxiety as well as excitement. Uh, you can imagine the combination of years of preparation, hard work going into getting to this point where they finally are at the end of their uh, schooling career and getting ready to go out into the into the big world. So it really was uh, an a, a, a excitement on, on, on for a lot of them and anxiety, uh, a lot saying uh, they've put in the hard work and they just want to get to the end of it, a total of uh, one million candidates, Mandy, are writing these exams. About 700,000 of those are full-time. 129,000 of those uh, are part-time. They're excited. There are about uh, 162 question papers across the board, and this includes public uh, schools as well as those independent ones. And we we, we got a sense that um, they, they've gotten the support that they need, mm. Mandy, in order for them to, uh, you know, have a, a seamless process. Here's one of the metric learners that we spoke to that just spoke to us about uh, what the messaging should be for the rest of the, the cohort of matriculants. Um, to the other matriculants writing, this, what you are about to go into is bigger than you. It's bigger than what you see it as and regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the challenges that you may go through, perseverance is what will still keep you in the game until the end of the examinations. All the best and just do your best and understand that you're not doing this for yourself, but also serves a purpose of how you are going to contribute to your economy. That's one of the learners out at the Rhodesfield Engineering School of Specialization with a focus on aviation in Kempton Park today. That's where we find the Gauteng Education MEC, Matoma Chilwane, as well. MEC, good afternoon to you. Thank you for making time to speak to us today. Uh, as far as you're concerned, uh, how is it going for the one, 191,181 candidates in Gauteng who've started writing exams today? Uh, good afternoon, or oh, oh, yes, good afternoon to to you and your listeners. Um, so far, we so far so good. Uh, let me rather say that uh, because I've been monitoring closely, we have not received any form of uh, incident reporting coming uh, to my side to our side here. So all majority of our learners uh, have been able to write, especially this is English paper one. Writing English today, so majority of our learners did uh, did pitch up to write the, the exam, and uh, mm. there's no leakages, glitches, uh, lapse in security. Everything has gone very well. There were uh, concerns about the fact that some people were thinking it might be a public holiday today, and um, also some inclement weather in in Gauteng. So that didn't have any impact at all. Uh, we will know later if how many learners would have uh, not come to write. But majority, when I say majority, I'm saying well over 95 percent did pitch up to write because it's not a public holiday. The president uh, declared this is exam season, it's material exam season, and it's business as usual. And the outlook for the the next few weeks of exams. What are your expectations, MEC? It's going to quite be quite intense. Remember, the system is big. Uh, well, from the the number, the nine hundred thousand or close, to, yeah, nine hundred thousand plus that is, that are writing across the country, hundred ninety one thousand and counting. So it's a significant number of uh, of learners who are writing from our province. Uh, so uh, logistically, we have to be on top, uh, very organised in terms of securing. The papers on time, exams, right, studying on time, 
uh, preparing in advance, uh, exam centers, invigilators. So we are ready. We've been down this road, and so we will know what to do. We, we are confident. Excellent. Thank you very much. Good luck for the, the rest. That's the Gauteng Education MEC Matuma Chilwane speaking to us there, saying everything is on track in Gauteng uh, for those nearly 200,000 candidates who are writing uh, matric exams. If you've just finished your English paper, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a WhatsApp voice note. Let me know how it's gone. Let me know how you feel about the exams so far. Well, let's take a look at the Western Cape now and what the picture is there with Lauren Isaacs, EWN reporter. Lauren, good afternoon to you. How are matric exams going in the Western Cape? Good afternoon, Mandy. Um, Well, in the Western Cape, we have over 66,000 candidates writing English Paper 1 today. Sometime this afternoon, we can expect an update from the WCD as to how the first session went. The department would, of course, have to wait for reports from the various districts before the MEC can share that info. But so far, Mandy, we haven't heard of any issues just yet. And uh, what are learners saying about uh, their experience so far? So we've spoken to a few learners and um, most of them that we've heard from has shared with us that um, they are feeling heightened levels of of anxiety because um, they don't know what to expect. And because this is, of course, new to them, they've heard stories from, from previous or matriculants in the past talking about the pressures and the fact that this is the very last time um, in their schooling career that they will be sitting down to write exams. But let's take a listen to what a few of them had to say. I feel okay. I am a bit stressed, but I think if I just stay focused, I should keep calm. I feel very prepared for these final exams. I feel like the emotion that's strongest is probably my anxiety because, you know, I'm just so nervous about not doing well. The emotion I feel the strongest is probably nervousness because of the anxiety of we don't know what to expect that they're going to ask. I feel I have prepared well as I have focused on subjects I personally struggle with and I believe the prelims and past papers have helped me a lot with my preparation. So that's what the learners have to say. What about the teachers, Lauren? to um, any teachers just yet. Um, We have, however, spoken to the South African Democratic Teachers Union, or SATU. Um, They're among the groups that we've received quite a bit of reaction from. And um, SATU says it's looking forward to an examination period with no hitches. It's reminded us that um, the 12-year journey of the 2023 class has not been smooth because they were part of the group that bore the brunt of the COVID-19 um, pandemic. They've also shared concern about the impact um, load shedding may have on the National Senior Certificate exams. Of course, we had load shedding implemented again yesterday for the first time in a while. Um, We have had the Western Cape Education Department assuring learners um, that necessary protocols are in place for exams to continue in the case of both scheduled and unscheduled power outages. And then, Mandy, the union has also raised a very pressing concern. Um, You'll know that in the Western Cape, we've been running stories over the past few weeks about gang violence, increased levels of gang violence in areas including Hanover Park and Manenberg. We've heard from teachers and learners how they are traumatized and fearful um, and struggling to study as gunshots go off. Um, so we spoke to um, Satu's Nomusa Tembi about this and let's take a listen to what she had to say. 
We are aware that in some places, learners are studying at the sound of gunshots in areas like Manenbeck. We urge communities to be fans of their schools and do all to protect learners as well as schools and teachers during this period. We urge communities to allow learners to write in peace. Thank you to Lauren Isaacs for giving us a picture of what's happening in the Western Cape. Well, let's take a, a view nationally now and speak to Elijah Mklanga, who's the Department of Basic Education spokesperson. Elijah, good afternoon to you. Uh, thank you very much for your time. What's the picture looking like nationally? Uh, good afternoon, Mandy. Thank you very much. No, we're looking good, uh, except for the cold weather, but other things are fine. We checked with our provinces and we're not receiving any reports of concern, of course, is just uh, a few hours since the start. Later in the afternoon, we'll get a more comprehensive report, but uh, we are happy so far. Any issues you're looking out for? Um, in the past, we've had some problems with uh, leakages of, of papers. I understand security has been, been tightened considerably. Uh, it's just community protests, uh, which are a huge risk to us, but uh, otherwise, um, all other things are fine. In terms of uh, leaking the past years have been good. This would be the third year if all goes according to plan. Since we tightened our security systems, we've been able to protect our question papers from printing to storage and onto the exam centers. It's only at the exam center where people are trying to undermine the system by opening the question papers before the required time. So that's been the challenge about some people trying their uh, tricks to undermine the system. But we are able to. To deal with that as well, you know, it occurs. But from an administrative uh, um, side of things, uh, it's all good. And we are happy so far with the way things have gone. And we hope and pray that it will remain so for the next minute. Elijah, thank you very much. Elijah Mklanga, the Department of Basic Education spokesperson, giving us uh, an indication of what the picture looks like nationally today. So no problems at this stage. He said just uh, some community protests in some areas. Uh, If you have just finished writing the English paper, I'd love to hear from you. Nicole saying, hi, Mandy. My daughter started writing IEB last week, Monday already. So far, things seem to be going well. Uh, But let me know. Send me a WhatsApp voice note, 072-702-1702-072-567-1567. What are your expectations. Uh, do you think that security is going to be tight enough? Should we give them the benefit of the doubt? And, and how are you doing if you are writing metric exams? 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. The inquiry into the Albert Street fire that killed 77 people in Marshalltown three, uh, two, th- two months ago uh, has now been postponed indefinitely. And, and you really can't make this up, right? So um, the commission's chairperson, Justice Sissi Kampepe, announced that the inquiry had to be halted so that a new venue could be found because the chief of emergency services served the commission with a notice that the building that they were using was not compliant with health and safety standards. Yes, that's right. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, you were there earlier. Uh, just talk us through what actually happened. Uh Good morning, or good afternoon, Mandy. Well, um, Mr. Engelbrecht from Fire Ops SA was set to take the stand this morning and he was already there. And unfortunately, he could not begin his testimony because, you know, the, the building is not complying, complying with the bylaws of the city of Johannesburg. And um, the concerning thing is that they were warned um, on the first day of the inquiry, on Thursday. I remember 
uh, a large delegation of media personnel were not allowed into the building on Thursday because uh, uh, the chief of uh, the chief at the uh, Joburg EMS did tell the commission that there's too many people in this building and that on his own is a fire hazard. So I remember having to cover that story on that day from another room in the same building because uh, fire firefighters did raise the uh, uh, the point that it's not uh, complying with the bylaws of the city. They also raised concerns over emergency exit routes in the in the building. There's only one in that specific room, and uh, they are saying that there needs to be a couple of them in that room. So already that on its own is also a fire hazard, and there's poor fire prevention. Uh, 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 measures or systems in that room. So uh, they're going to have to find uh, another room uh, to continue the commission. And, you know, uh, we don't know how long this will take. I mean, the the commission was already delayed by over three weeks, you know, so it's going to be more delays to this. Just remind us, which building has this inquiry been held in? So it's happening at the Sunnyside uh, Office Park in Park Town, just across, I think, the Charlotte Michael Hospital. Uh, it's, it's a very big um, office park, and I'm sure they can find another build, another room in that very same building. Uh, I was speaking to uh, someone from the commission, and they were telling me that uh, there, there are plans to move. There were plans to move, and they were set to move today on Monday. But then they came back to the very same room, and uh, the firefighters or the fire, uh, the EMS, uh, served them with the notice to not continue um, with the commission in that very same room. And did they explain to you, Alpha, why exactly they have been holding the inquiry in that particular uh, building? I imagine that the, um, uh, I, I suppose it would be either the city or the, or the government, this was Gauteng Premier Panyazala Sufi who appointed the inquiry. There are other buildings that could be used. Yeah, well, w- w- from what we know at the moment is that um, uh, while the, the inquiry or the commission was appointed by the premier or the provincial government, they are saying that it's an independent commission. So they can't uh, hold the commission uh, at a government-owned property. Uh, they are trying to distinct between independent and government. They don't want you know uh, them to clash in any way. So they are saying that since it's an independent commission, they can't uh, hold it at a government property. So what's the status currently? Are they going to let us know when they find a building? Yeah, they did say they'll let out let us know when they find a building, but it's been suspended indefinitely. We don't know how long that could um, take. You know, uh, we saw the first batch of delays; they took up to three weeks. Uh, so hopefully, this time it doesn't take that long. Uh, but from you know people that I've been speaking to at the Commission of Inquiry, they do already have a room uh, or a venue in that very same uh, um, uh, office park, but it's just delays in moving to that new building. Alpha, thank you very much. Alpha Ramashwana, EWN reporter, giving us an update there. So uh, it's deeply ironic, right? But at the same time, you also don't want anything to happen at the inquiry because that would just be a tragedy upon a tragedy. Uh, but as things stand at the moment, the Khampepe Commission of Inquiry into that Albert Street fire that killed 77 people has had to be halted because the building that it is being held in, the building that the inquiry is being held in, is not fire safe. And the chief of emergency services in the city has served the commission with the notice that the building is not compliant with health and safety standards. And remember, if you look at the witnesses who've come in and out of there, all of them are emergency response people, people in charge uh, of of fire safety. So they really do know what they're talking about. And now it's back to Mandy Wiener on the Midday Report. This is 702. Let's walk the talk. 
12.34 on the Midday Report. We managed to get an apology out of Tolakele. I hope that you're grateful for that. So the nation um, accepts your apology, Tolakele. So um, we'll hold you to that. Um, maybe we won't let you come on the trophy tour and, and, and celebrate with the, with the box. We'll, we'll remind them. Don't worry. Oh, she's doing gestures to me from the other side of the studio. Uh, so, so I said earlier that um, the jokes write themselves and sometimes things happen in the news cycle in this country that you just can't make up because um, Tabo Besta and Dr. Matthew and, and it's just it's just unbelievable sometimes. So a statement from the Gauteng Health Department last night telling us that the bogus doctor and social media personality who goes by the alias Dr. Lani Matthews has tried to talk himself out of an arrest after he was arrested last night. So he went to the Helen Joseph Hospital um, and he was trying to create content, right, at the Helen Joseph Hospital. He was spotted on CCTV cameras and then five security guards had to try and restrain him. Um, But he was wearing a SpongeBob T-shirt at the same time, right, that all of this was was happening. I mean, it's just, this whole story is just bizarre. Motale Tale Modiba, Gauteng Health Spokesperson, joining us to speak about this. Uh, Motale Tale, good afternoon to you. Uh, tell us what exactly happened last night at the Helen Joseph Hospital with Dr. Matthew. Uh, thank you, Mandy. Uh, look, from the time when, uh, if you recall, uh, back on the 9th of uh, October, when we opened the case, uh, we always sent a message to all facilities to just be on alert um, in case uh, he tries to come through. So on Friday, we, we learned that uh, he had actually entered, but this time around he was wearing a hoodie and with a mask, obviously, so that he's disguised and you can't see him. So we're able to go back to the CCTV camera and see uh, his entry points and so forth. And I think the security is anticipating that the given his behavior is likely to, to come back again. And indeed... Oh, so, uh, so, so he actually came on Friday then for the yeah, first actually, time? Okay. Actually, came on Friday and we picked him up on CCTV camera and we said it say it's better maybe not to make noise because he's probably going to come back again because he thinks he can get away with it. So he came back again wearing the same hoodie. Um, so what he would do is he will enter, but once he enters, before he enters the actual um, building premises, he will then put on his mask and so forth. But obviously he's then disguised. So the instruction that was given was that anyone who's entering, they must take off their, if you're wearing a hat, you take it off, you take off your mask and so forth. And that's how... Um, security was able to actually pick him up. Uh, and obviously, after apprehending him, um, they had to then uh, take him to uh, a particular room, and he requested to go to the bathrooms because uh, he was pressed. And, um, I mean, even if uh, he still has some, some rights, so they took him to the bathroom and obviously had to wait outside for him. That's where then now he tried to um, sort of escape uh, using one of the, the, the windows in the bathroom, and I think uh, they were able to obviously corner him because the site from which he was escaping uh, uh, led to one of the basements. So at least security was able to move quickly and be able to 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 to, to corner him. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the videos that we also saw now where he's trying to explain himself, uh, saying sorry, he didn't know. Um, so I think uh, it's, it's one of those situations where um, obviously we have handed the matter over to law enforcement because we had to then call the police uh, yesterday because while uh, he was uh, uh, um, uh, restrained, that it's the police who could uh, obviously effect an uh, arrest. Uh, uh, ah, Motale, Tale, you still with us? 
Okay, that line has dropped, unfortunately. Motale Tale Modiba, the Gauteng Health spokesperson, explaining uh, this, this whole saga around Dr. Matthew. He was referencing the, uh, some of the, uh, the footage of uh, Dr. Dr. Matthew apologizing, saying, sorry, we've got some of that audio for you. Have a listen to, to what he said. That is not correct. Yes. That no, is, I'm that, saying about that yes, is yeah. the locus where yes. people keep their personal belongings that you went to. Mm. Yeah. For that one, I'm like, also very sorry for that one. Mm. Like, I honestly did not mean harm. Mm. I truly did not. But you've been warned. And you simply went warned by what? By the doctor that you, you, you were impersonating. I was not impersonating any doctor. Didn't you say when you had an intern in Helen Joseph? No. And you worked in Tembisa? No. Okay. And your will, will, will identify all of that. That's okay. The mm. thing with that one, with the Zingala Center. Now, why are you saying you did not? No. No, I never said that I am th- this person Zingala. No. What were you saying? My, I changed surnames. My old surname was Zingala. Mm. And that video was not from this year. This video was from two years ago. So you understand? Of course, they did no, this it was it has always been on my TikTok. <coughs> Fine, right here your your statement stating it's, you see the things you're telling me. Just put it here, right? That you came here, you are sorry, you were doing your thing. You know, like I mean, you guys have already pressed charges and like Baba, I'm really sorry. You are you, you are causing deformation of our hospital data. I. <laughs> know what to say about this how is this still happening how is it how is he still able to to do this when we've known for weeks now that he is impersonating a doctor we've had confirmation from um various uh bodies um from the um the the doctor the medical professions council to the Gauteng health department and yet we know he's a bogus doctor yet he's able to get into helen joseph on friday night and kudos to the security who then spotted him coming in again on sunday night in his Spongebob t-shirt, no less, um, and trying to create content. And then he tried to escape out of the bathroom window. Um, So it's unclear at this stage what charges he is actually facing. It has been handed over to the police. But we need to to get a handle on this because it is just making a a mockery uh, of, of... the criminal justice system, but also um, the, the the medical system in this country as well. Seven o two. Seven o two. Mandy Weiner. Weekdays, twelve to one p.m. Well, let's go to the courts now. The Senzo Miwa case resuming today. We are still dealing with a trial within a trial. The police officer who escorted one of the accused to make an alleged confession, returning to the witness stand. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, following this for us. Bernadette, what's happening in court today? Well, Mandy, as you mentioned, um, we are still on in that trial within a trial, which is essentially to determine the admissibility of um, the purported confessions that the accused made after their arrests. Um, and yes, it is uh, Officer Wendell Jonathan, who's currently on the stand. He's a former member of the EMPD's SWAT unit, which has since been disbanded. But like you say, he did um, escort the accused and his evidence so far has been he saw no injuries on them. Of course, the defense's position is that um, their, their clients were assaulted and tortured and coerced into confessing. Um this officer's evidence is that he saw no injuries on them. And that's despite what we've heard from uh, the defense today, that he was apparently implicated by the accused in the beatings they say they received. He is adamant, though, that he he had nothing to do with this. He knows nothing about this. Are we making progress with this uh, trial within a trial? It does seem to be going on an awfully long time. 
It is. Um, and these trials within a trial, you know, they're not uncommon in court proceedings, um, especially when it comes to confessions and admissions that accused people have made directly after their arrests. We do see it quite often. Um, it does seem that we are sort of, we've, we've dealt with a lot of witnesses so far, and it does seem that there are still a couple more that are going to be called. Um, so it's difficult really to say when this will wrap up. But of course, it's important that it does wrap up because ultimately we need to see the end of this case so many years down the line. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, giving us an update there on the Senzo Miwa trial. This is crucial. It really, really is going to be critical to the strength of the state's case, whether or not one of the accused confessed. Uh, he's arguing, or his lawyers are arguing, that he was assaulted by the police. He was forced to sign a confession. And so often we see this happen. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen in a criminal trial where a confession is signed and then the accused says, no, I was coerced, I was tortured, I was forced to sign it. And that's critical when it comes to a criminal trial. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Uh, Mandy, good afternoon. Good afternoon to the team. Great show as always. Rami from Diplofin Soweto. Uh, Mandy, I find it mind-boggling that... Jacques didn't win coach of the year. None of the Springboks won anything at the awards ceremony. Ah, Mindy, I smell a red. Yeah, I smell a red. I don't think people are as happy that South Africa defended their title as South Africans are. But hey, maybe I'm seeing things that are not there. Great show as always. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you very much. I have to say, I was watching last night the World Rugby Awards uh, on, on social media and I was pretty astonished by the fact that firstly, Eben Etzebeth did not win Player of the Year. Uh, that one I can, I, can, I can understand. But the fact that there's only one Bok player, Eben Etzebeth, in the, uh, the World Dream 15, I, I was quite dumbfounded by. If you look at example, uh, Peter Steff Tutoy and a variety of other players, uh, you know, maybe a prop we, that we should have got in. Um, and I, I, I did hear my colleagues uh, arguing that perhaps that just speaks to the strength of the Springbok team in terms of how every single player made a contribution that they are not necessarily stand out players. How can you be world champions and only have one player? Also, we know world rugby doesn't exactly love us. Um, they don't love Rassi, they don't love Jacques Ninaba, they don't love the, the Springboks or our style of play. Uh, but, but still, I agree with you, it doesn't make sense. Hi, Mindy. Thank you for the apology from Telagale. It really sits well with me because I hate her. I hate her. Olanin Oliver. Hi, Mindy. Oh, what an irony of all ironies that the commission which is set up to investigate the building fire is itself being held in a, in a, in a building that's not fire safe. And uh, what comes to mind now is... Uh, how many other buildings are not fire safe uh, it's in this city it's very worrying and i think a much broader inquiry is required here yeah and uh yeah well done Bucky. so proud so happy thanks for well done bookies um yeah so that's it you know we we, we do have the bocker to, to always fall back on to to give us some a social cohesion but also some pride and some joy but then of course there is the negativity that we have to deal with things like the 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 inquiry which is into the fire that building actually not being safe itself to hold the inquiry my understanding is that it's also a volume that, that it just wasn't big enough for the number of people that have to be in that room so they just need to find a room that is uh, capable of holding that number of, of people but the irony runs deep. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. 
In the Athlone Magistrates Court today, a, 30 old, a 38-year-old man arrested in connection with the murder of community leader Loison Kochla appearing in court today. And Kochla was killed in a hail of, of bullets in Philippi in April this year. That was to do with the Metro Rail Central Line. It's believed he was targeted for his role in the talks to clear Metro Rail's Central Line. Carlo Peterson, EWN reporter in court for us. Carlo, good afternoon to you. What's happened with this court case? Good afternoon, Mandy. Yes, so Lukisa Chabile appeared in a packed Athlone Magistrates courtroom today where the state has alleged that he is one of four suspects who shot and killed Nkokhla. Um, that courtroom was quite filled with family and friends of uh, um, Kokhla, and um, the state has, um, has alleged that um, the, the mastermind had been employed as a manager in a cleaning company owned, owned by Nkokhla and his wife, Nyameka. Okay, so what's, what's actually happening now with, uh, with this matter in terms of the charges that he's facing? So he is charged with murder. Um, he also faces 17 other charges of attempted murder, apparently, um, related to, to the murder of Nkokhla. Um, the case has now been postponed to the 6th of November for the state to collect uh, bail information. Carlo, thank you very much uh, for that update. Carlo Peterson, EWN reporter, speaking to us there about that matter. 38-year-old man arrested in connection with the murder of community leader Loiso Nkokhla appearing in court today. Nkokhla, it seems, was targeted for the role that he played in talks to clear Metro Rail's central line. 702, the Midday Report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. On the WhatsApp line, Amelia says, Hi, Mandy, I'm living in Europe and I can absolutely testify that the European media hate the box. It's bitter and angry. Thank you so much, uh, Amelia, for, for, for letting us know. I think that that's, we know this, right? That's why we did not do so well at the World Rugby Awards. Maybe there were other reasons. Uh, Heidi says, Hi, Mandy, what a fun-filled Monday midday report. Fire investigation postponed due to a fire hazard. Bogus doctor arrested, tries to escape. The box won and Tolakele apologized. It's all happening here on the Midday Report. 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Let's walk the talk. Sometimes we're just blessed and we can't actually make up uh, what happens in this country. Well, the South African Weather Service says that some parts of the country should brace for severe weather and thunderstorms. There's been a lot of rain. Very strange weather, I think, but I am not a, a meteorologist. For that, we'll speak to Elizabeth Fullion from the SA Weather Service uh, forecaster. Elizabeth, good afternoon to you. Thanks for, for your time. Um, tell us about the, uh, the, the weather warnings for parts of South Africa. Good afternoon, Mandy, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes, so what we've got weather-wise is it's called a cut-off low. So it's a rather intense weather system that is resulting in all this activity, mainly for the central and eastern parts of the country. We've got a number of warnings out. The first one we have is for damaging winds. That's really along our coastline, so along the western and northern Cape coastline. Then we've also got a possibility of severe thunderstorms today, and that's over the central interior of the country. So more over the northern Cape and western and northwest province. And then disruptive snow. That's on the border between the Free State and KwaZulu-Natal. But tomorrow we do have a warning for severe thunderstorms over Gauteng, as well as a possibility of leading to disruptive rainfall and that's over most of Mpumalanga. So we've got quite a bit of activity as a result of this intense weather system. 
And also, it's caused, you would have noticed, quite a drop in our temperatures. So we see in Johannesburg, we're only expecting a high of 13 degrees today. Tomorrow is going to be even cooler in Johannesburg, a high of 11 with some thunderstorms. By Wednesday, though, we've got good news. We start to see an increase in temperatures, maximum temperature of 19 degrees expected, and Thursday at 23. On contrary, down in the Cape, beautiful day down in the Cape Town, in the Cape Town region, Today, expecting a high of 29 degrees, same tomorrow, and Wednesday, slightly cooler with 26. So quite a contrary in our weather conditions for up in Harting versus down in the Cape. Elizabeth, thank you so much. As always, Elizabeth Fulion, a weather forecaster with the SA Weather Service, giving us an update on what's happening. Some parts of the country bracing for severe weather and thunderstorms. We're in that a little bit, uh, seeing disruptive rain uh, leading to flooding and strong winds. But if you're in Cape Town, enjoy the sunshine. Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap. On 702 and Cape Talk. Well, we're all celebrating a Springbok victory. The country definitely feels buoyed. It's amazing what sports can do. I can tell you that Tia Kulisi and the Springbok team are on their way back to South Africa. They are in uh, an airport in, in Europe and have a listen to what they're doing as they go through the airport. I do find it beautiful how Sia just sings wherever he goes. He's, he's, he always finds a reason to, to sing in celebration. It's so beautiful. So, Mawande, a bit earlier on the show, we got Tula Kele to apologize because she had predicted, and you are the king of all predictions, she had predicted that the box would lose on Saturday night. So, we demanded an apology from her. You didn't predict that the box would um, lose. No, absolutely not. I was actually thinking it wasn't going to be that close. Um, I remember I was on Clemens Road last Thursday. I said it was going to be 27 12 to the box. Sure. I got I said, Five. Oh, yeah. I feel like it could have been a lot more had the Springboks been more clinical uh, in that game. However, whether it's by a point or whether it's by 50, at the end of the day, a win is a win and the Springboks won when it mattered most. Uh, we were talking about the fact that there's only one Springbok player in the World Rugby Dream Team. Eben Etzebeth didn't win World Player of the Year. Jacques Nienaume did not win uh, Coach of the Year. There is a message here saying, Mandy, the rugby list was made up long before the World Cup final. That's why uh, the SA players aren't included that's from from george is that is that correct my wonder yeah i would assume so uh well because um there is a panel that does vote for the individual awards and for the makeup of that team at the end of it so i don't think it would have only rested on a performance in the final um and i get the sense as well because of the fact that own her own farrell andy farrell ended up winning the coach of the year prize as well uh, for a side that uh exited in the quarterfinals uh have the sense then Which, that they have had a great year though aside from the world I cup i get it but they're underachieved at the world cup their world cup was a dismal failure if you count the fact that they were world number one going into the tournament and heavy favorites on what was it a 16 15 match winning streak and ended up not making it when it mattered to them uh, i think that is a failure of some sort and i get the sense that this is rewarding failure by giving him that award um that's just my opinion on it i could be very wrong and people will disagree with me on it but yeah uh however yeah i do get the sense though that the uh, voting from the panel was finalized uh well before the semi-finals even probably uh, and your thoughts on on player of the year um, I don't have any qualms about that, to be very honest with you. Adi Savea, um, 
I don't think th- it's it's far from the All Black sides of old. However, he's been an ever-present force in that side. Uh, when the chips are down, they are the person he looks up to, or that they look up to. He's the person leading from the front, uh, doing all the dirty work, doing a little bit more than is asked mm-hmm. of him. So I, I don't have a worry about that. I do think that it was ultimately between him and Eben Etzebeth, uh at the end of it. Uh, I think, for instance, if France and Ireland would have gone further, then the other two would have come into the conversation. However, as it's Stands. I'm. I'm not too upset about that. I. I get it. I understand. Uh, Boxer due back tomorrow. Uh, they are. There's going to be a big welcome at the airport. We're hoping to broadcast live from there tomorrow. Uh, and then there's a trophy tour, right? Yeah. There's a four-day nationwide trophy tour. Um. And it's a little more inclusive this time around. I know, for instance, that uh, the Free State and uh, Eastern Cape missed out in 2019, but the Eastern Cape is included this time. Free State still misses out. Uh, we're in Joburg, Pretoria, and Soweto on Thursday. Cape Town on Friday. Durban on. Saturday and then East London uh, in the Eastern Cape on Sunday for that one. Uh, we will publicise all of that to make sure that you can get out there and, and support the box. Uh, and then, of course, we do have another World Cup that is underway at the moment. And and I reckon I reckon we could do it, hey? I think we could uh, do both. It's one thing that the protests will do is make you get involved emotionally. Um, the f- game on Friday should not have been as close as it was. However, I think it, it was, is a good... It was squeaky, th- hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, with the last week of partnership of Maharaj and Shamsi is not the team that... Oh, not the duo that you want to see at the crease at any point uh, during the game. But well done to all of them, uh, both of them, as well as Lungingidi, um, for getting the job done at the end, for helping the side uh, crawl through the line. Shouldn't have been, but I think the one good thing is that it's their first victory at the tournament while chasing. Uh, all of their victories uh, before Friday's one was uh, setting the target. And I think it will do them a world of good right now. And um, one thing that I get the sense of from the side as well is that they, they enjoy getting the job done. It's just getting a tick on the box and moving on to the next one. And I think they'll just fully focus on New Zealand on Wednesday and forget uh, that even happened. Yeah, I think they've been generally clinical, but yeah. this, this last one was was far too tight. Uh, and then Mawande um, Kaiser Chiefs lost Ooh, the weekend. How worried are you as a Kaiser Chiefs fan? Well, because I'm not a Kaiser if Chiefs I was, <laughs> just to clarify, I'd be very worried. Um, but again, um, Kevin Johnson wasn't going to come in and change everything right from the get go. Um, I think some whatever is wrong at the club is wrong on a completely fundamental level, and that uh, changing the coaching staff won't just um, create a miracle. Uh, however, I did think that they would get that new uh, lease of life that a new coach seems to bring into a side whenever uh, a new coach's appointment hasn't seemed to be the case. And also, again, had uh, a howler of a mistake from their goalkeeper giving away uh, one of the goals as well. Absolutely, um, it's almost unforgivable. And I don't think the Kaiser Chiefs fans will have any more patience for him. Uh, so I feel like you're going to see a lot of reaction and, and a lot of um, disruption from Kaiser Chiefs for quite a time yet. And then very quickly, uh Great uh, weekend by Brad Binder and then a um, Formula One Grand Prix in Mexico last night. Uh, yeah, Brad Binder ended up third at the Thai Grand Prix, which is very good for him. Not really in the race uh, for the World Championship, but um, a third nonetheless. Really, really good. Um, and then uh, Max Verstappen, 16th victory, first uh, driver ever to win uh, 16 races in a single season. So, uh, yeah, continues to break the records as he goes. Uh, very nice to have an eventful race somewhat out in Mexico. However, yeah, season's gone. You really... It's difficult to get excited about it generally. Mawande, thank you very much. Mawande Mateza wrapping up a fantastic weekend of sport, particularly rugby. The Midday Report.
So thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, a few stories that you need to keep watching. Uh, of course, uh, we're going to keep talking about the Springboks and they'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and there will be that uh, big welcome happening at Oatambo International Airport. We'll tell you all about that. Matric exam starting today, as we mentioned, that's on track. Seems to be going well. If you have just finished writing your English paper, I hope you smashed it and good luck for the rest. And then just a couple of stories that we've been covering that you just can't make up. And, and we just, the new cycle in this country just never ceases to astonish me but the bogus doctor uh, Matthew uh, Matthew Lani Lani Matthew whatever he's calling himself at the moment arrested at Helen Joseph Hospital last night in his Spongebob t-shirt trying to escape out a bathroom window he's going to be facing uh, criminal charges and then the inquiry into the Albert Street fire the inquiry into the fire, the one that is investigating the causes uh, of that fire has been postponed because the building it's being held in does not meet safety standards. So they've had to uh, postpone that. The Chief of Emergency Services serving the Commission with a notice of the building uh, that they were using is not compliant with health and safety standards. It really is deeply ironic. So there's a lot happening today to keep you busy.